everyone, and welcome back to Frivolous Gravitas. With you here today, myself, Christopher Driver, and as always, Mr. Jordan Roy. I'm only a little bit hyperactive today. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I was talking a lot there. <laughs> I just kind of went. <laughs> well, in, in keeping with what you were speaking about before, we were sort of talking a bit about um, like the fake impressions that people have and make. And I, I really want to kind of just distinguish outright that uh, just some examples to say what we are and aren't considering as fake, just for clarity's sake. So, like, if you're if somebody's in a group of people who have similar interests, and this person individual doesn't have those similar interests, I don't think it's fake for them to project in line with the group just to be social, right? So that's on one side of things. Well. It's because well, like if uh, if I'm coming into a group that knows a lot about cars, I'm actually pretty terrible with vehicle knowledge. But my limited knowledge, like I can be like, oh, wait, there's a lot of history with vehicles. I can maybe chime in with that or I can plug in a bit with that. Or, uh, or you can know. learn something. You can just I can, ask, Which is usually what happens. Like, how does a carburetor work? <laughs> I keep thinking of Megan when she came to the – Megan's my wife. She came to the History Students Association meetings because, well, I was there. And she ends up like learning way too much about the Byzantine Empire. <laughs> she keeps telling me, I know way more than I need to know about the Western Roman Empire, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> But. So in, in keeping with that, though, I, I want to sort of suggest that it's not fake to try and extend yourself beyond your own personal realm. I think that's really, really good for people's growth and development, never mind their social engagement, to stretch beyond their familiar grounds and sort of extend themselves and project themselves into things they wouldn't otherwise uh, typically have done. I think that's actually good for people. And I, well, I, I wouldn't want to consider that as fake, just like I wouldn't consider makeup being fake, even though it is. people saying like, stay in your lane, but someone telling you to stay in your lane is itself a bad dance step. You're showing with that dance move, you're showing insecurity. Like an insecurity is like, oh, that guy's insecure. Maybe why is he insecure? And then you start thinking like, <laughs> oh, maybe he's just a prick. <laughs> And yeah, he knows so it. The other example that I would give then would be like, even for doing this podcast with you, I change the way I speak when I'm on camera or in front of people, and I change the way I speak when I'm on a microphone recording a rap album, and I change the way I speak when I'm presenting myself in front of like my clients or doing consulting work and stuff. And I, I, I've always been kind of torn with this because it, it feels disingenuous to have a, a change of dialect or behavior or um, self-censorship or having a subdued level of passion to not show my immaturity or my, my well, zealousness or my over over enthusiasm but on the same token it's practically useful mm -hmm. so for the purposes of this channel it's sort of an educational ex you know exploration of thought and a foray into the unknown and we like to throw ideas back and forth that we don't necessarily agree with or believe in but just for the sake of the discussion um to Sir, to have something to ruminate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a thought experiment. Don't think that we actually believe in that. No, um, but a lot of what we do is, like when we did our, our relationships episode, neither neither of us are claiming to understand all of the ins and outs of all human interaction. Like, obviously not. What we're doing is we're trying to articulate the things that we think and feel about the subject so that the conversation can be had. Yeah. Because the conversation is the point not the actual idea or the end or being right or wrong about it, well, but just the engagement is the purpose. And that's sort of the focus of our channel too, the frivolous mm -hmm. gravitas. So in getting back to what we were saying about the whole fakeness, I think what we were trying to, to 
to pinpoint is when a person doesn't have an interest, but they want to show they have the interest because they think it'll reflect kindly on them on other people's perceptions of themselves. I think that's what's fake. So it's it's not like being in, in a group full of car mechanics and then showing some interest in car mechanics when you've never shown interest before. I don't think that's fake. But to go into a group and trying to brag about how much you're into cars just for the sake of their adulation, that would be fake. So yeah. it's not like wearing makeup to go out makes you fake because if you just want to pretty yourself up, like albeit all power to you, like you're making the world a prettier place every time you go out. So what's the harm? You're just doing it to yourself. But when those people episode. can't do things, like when they'll avoid a social engagement because they're out and about and they don't have makeup on already, or if they need food and they're putting off eating because they have to put on makeup before they go to the grocery store to buy food, like that type of thing is destructive. That, that There are points in time when your image and perception and your impressions actually don't matter whatsoever. Uh, and I, well, think I think that often gets skewed with social media and stuff with- because... Well, and like with a lot of this, it comes down to self-awareness and like everything, if you know you're putting something off and if you don't eat right now, like I definitely, there's times in my life where if I don't eat right now to your example, because uh, your example does sound a bit weak, but it's not because if I don't eat right now, sometimes I'm going to be a mess for the rest of the day. If I don't get enough water, at certain by a certain time i'm going to be a mess for the rest of the day and then if i need to do something responsible the rest of the day like i need to have that food now like six hours before that so it isn't just like a, well you're going to starve if you don't eat or maybe you're not eating enough and you do need to eat more because you uh you know anyway what happens is you that self-awareness that one needs to cultivate why am i doing this stuff why am i putting on makeup to go to Safeway at 11 p.m.? That's a very good question. And it would tell you a lot about yourself. Why do I, well, for me, one of the things I used to do to change myself was when I was working uh, serving tables, I would have a serving tables voice. And I didn't notice it. And I'd come back from work and I'd be like, you know, Hello, I, I, sweetheart. Hey, how's it going? That's a nice thing you got there. Like, Jordan, that's, 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 you know, I would turn it on just as a joke sometimes. Yeah. And because, like, in the wrong situation, it's, 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 it's funny um, because, you know, you get that. Um, but the thing is, that's like something all people do. Like, if you look at black mm-hmm. and white movies and you watch the people speak and interact in a black and white movie, they're always talking like this. See, but you wouldn't think that people actually talk like that back in the day. Like, well, it's like they had know, the radio voice. It, we make fun of Italians for being like, ah, bah, 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 and just like, <laughs> then we went to Italy and it's just like, oh, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely one hundred percent real. And well, that's how you learn about how other people do their dance, and that's one of the fascinating things about traveling too and culture yeah like especially about culture because it's everything it exudes from them in all of their behaviors and mannerisms and idioms like every part of their body in essence just just reeks of their culture and we all do that this is why we have cultural appropriation because you travel to somewhere and then you're like you know you see a mannerism you see someone doing their dance you see some aspect of aesthetic or food or something and you just go oh that's good these guys nailed something. I love it. I've never seen it before. It's novel. It's cool. It's like, why do you think we have so much Japanese stuff like as a part of like Canadian culture for the past hundred years, actually 
Japanese stuff was really uh, popular in the late 19th century, like everyone's like, I'm going to go to Japan because that's where you study art. Like Van Gogh was like, uh, and um, Manet and Monet were all like Japan, Japanese arts, the thing, because it's just mm-hmm. so cool and different. They loved it. There's something about it that was so different and they could learn something from it. And so you saw a lot of Japanese art actually having an, an, an impression, putting an impression on the impressionist movement. So what you, this sharing of culture is something that happens as well. Cause we're dancing with a bunch of other dances too. And I don't think that, I think that when we like something, we'll do it. And we're always trying something new, but, and I think I'm going to move the conversation forward. Um, when you go online, are you able to be genuine? Cause it's, you know, you go on Facebook. I'm just I think some people can. But I think it's people's priorities that skew things. It's mm-hmm. when they're so nervous about how they're going to be seen, then you can't possibly act normal. It's like being on camera, knowing you're on camera, you're always going to be different. But yes. like me being different on a podcast camera is very different from me being different on a security camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm here ready to present some ideas and thoughts, and I want to do it in a way that's succinct and clear to people. So I'm going to try not to swear as much as I normally would in just my, my everyday, um, pattern I, of speech. I or whatever, try right? to, Oh my God, do I try? <laughs> oh Lord, do I try? You can tell when I'm getting, um, when I'm getting very <clears throat> passionate about something when I just swear and I'm just like, dang it, I did it. See? Yeah. And, and recognizing that other people don't like it too. When I'm in the company of people who don't like to hear it, I try and censor myself. But again, that's, that's not, a projection of anything that's fake what it is is um just like you said self-aware so um social media and the online presence i think is fantastic for people who want to promote some type of creative work or their professional work or product or keep in touch with family and all that but when you go on social media to show people how smart you are you know what i mean in promoting conspiracy theories or to show them how woke you are and promoting like social awareness but you do nothing in your regular day life to acknowledge or stay aware of problems yeah. and we mentioned this before with like mental health issues and people who, who are bipolar right you'll have the same woke people saying hey there's mental health issues out there and people aren't getting help for it those same people will go on facebook and rail about somebody who was just a little bit rude to them that morning yeah not recognizing that person might have been bipolar because like they're going out there pushing the self-awareness of of one thing and then they're acting unself-aware or self-unaware yeah well self like lack of self-awareness can in itself be a bit paradoxical Mm -hmm. because it's just like i'm self-aware well and i think that is like the the thing that makes social media complicated it's that self-awareness component because people aren't even aware when they're not being self-aware Mm-hmm. while they're promoting their self-awareness yes because <laughs> like well one thing i do well i i use my social media literally just like it i literally put myself on facebook first of all it was a joke i made a joke name which was like an aberration of my actual name and then i made it real and i put some things on there and i would say something here and there and i look back and i'm going like ah it's cringy and it's like the cringe is deep in my old posts <laughs> and i go but now i'm pretty much all i post like i've never put my face on there um and 
like I've never put my face on there. Other people have, and I've never, and all I pretty much post now is are these episodes. So it's literally just a vehicle to show, Hey, look, I did something, watch it or don't, I don't care. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I'm doing. There's no, there's a picture I took of a mountain. Uh, Imagine if you did all and, your reading on Facebook rather than through mm -hmm. books. If all the reading you did was stuff that was posted on Facebook, well, that's a lot of people. You're seeing the optics that a corporation, a corporation company optics are very different from people optics because they're trying to show you something towards an end. Now, a person will show you something so that they, you know, don't get beaten up in class or they'll show you something like there's an end, but it's a very personal end. And oftentimes it's just kind of like, I just want to have some fun. So I'm just going to be chill or I'm just going to do this. So, and oftentimes a person doesn't know what they want. They're just kind of going with the flow, which is usually not a bad thing. And so a it's company, the motivation of the company that we need yeah. to keep in focus. Yeah. What do they want? And so a lot of times a company will be very self-aware, uh, but a lot of times they won't be. So I think companies are because companies have marketing and data analysts and stuff, right? It's yeah. like with Facebook right now, there's a whistleblower who was like part of Facebook that was saying that Facebook, right. the company was downplaying the, the severity of the mental health damages that the Instagram app that they own could be causing young girls based mm -hmm. on body images and, and anxiety disorders and the prevalence of depression these days, et cetera, et cetera. But Facebook had the information and they buried it because obviously it wasn't helpful or conducive to their profit model. And their profit model is literally just to keep as many people using their platform as long as possible, as, as highly as connected possible. as possible. Like because the more they connections. do two things. They, they sell your data, so they need you producing data on their platform. And the other thing is they sell advertisements based on your data, so they need people on the platform to be advertised to in mm. order to sell ads to companies who, ad who want their advertising done. Right. So the issue with that is not acknowledging the motivations of the company itself for the platform, whether it's Facebook or MySpace or uh, Twitter yeah. or whatever, TikTok, all, all of that isn't just branding for individuals, they're picking and choosing which posts that people make to show other people as well to, um, to fan the flames so that they keep people on, on their, their platform. So as an example, if somebody writes three posts and one is, oh, my roses are beautiful this year. Two is, uh, oh, I made this new recipe. And three is there's a black person next door who's always making noise. Facebook will choose the one that's incendiary so that your your friends and your family and everybody on your wall respond and get angry and everybody's tensions flare yeah. because that keeps everybody on the platform longer. Because so their, their model is she's, so discord. Well, isn't what she says is that they actually did social experiments where they picked like people at random and made their like certain people's feeds happy and certain people's feeds sad and saw what happened. And like it, like they said, okay, yeah, we have a lot of control here. Well, what can we do with that control? Well, we can make a lot of money with that control. But I think it's also telling how control. a lot of the people who run these uh, programs, um, literal computer programs on your browser, uh, are um, not letting their kids use them. And they're like doing what people like Jonathan Haidt are trying to tell parents to do with their children, limiting their screen time, especially before bed, uh, you know, limiting their access to 
um, certain social media um, and teaching their kids about it. And the people owning these platforms are doing this, but the, you know, that should be telling in itself that this is, this is something that uh, we, sh we should be aware of. And so what happens is to keep with the thing is that they try and present themselves as if this isn't happening. No, no. Facebook is just a place to, you know, talk with your friends, to meet up with your, your people. And generally like that's the other 25% of what I use it for is to make sure that like I'm in contact with yeah, aunts and uncles, university, yeah, and like everyone over like, oh, no. 60. <laughs> so like, that's pretty much all I do. My sister uses it to post, uh, her ads for like her grooming business, which is apparently really good. If you're in Winnipeg, check her out. But, um, plug, <laughs> um, but I can sort of my point is that it's more the problem with the people's interpretations of what Facebook's presenting them. It's more mm -hmm. the fact that they're accepting of what Facebook puts in front of their faces to read. Yeah. Um, and that's this... the problem. It's, it's the fact that people aren't discerning the, the difference between a company's motivation and like their altruistic, you know, here's a free platform for, for humanity to get closer in touch to their roots and stuff. Mm. Like that's not what Facebook cares about. They don't care about my family no, I mean, or me connecting with my family. This is and a And they lie. shouldn't. It's, they're it's ingenuine. It's like when, that's well, the same thing as what happens when TD Bank, um, as when TD Bank like coats all their banks in um, the pride flag every, like twice every year. And it's like, yeah. is it pride? And it's like, well, it doesn't, like, who, doesn't matter. They're a bank. Like it has what nothing it, to do with has it. nothing to do. They know. And this is the thing. It's almost insulting is because they know that if they present, if they cover their, uh, their, their banks in this pride flag, that they're going to make money, uh, because they're going to look, you know, not like a bank, you know, the, it's just business. I'm here for the money. Um, which is not also, it's also not a, accurate depiction of what a bank is because they just they're doing something very specific and so what they want you to see is yay we're proud too look at us being all progressive we're part of the party look at us hello fellow children um <laughs> and so it kind of, this is what comes across but meanwhile they're laundering money for drug dealers during an opioid epidemic <laughs> yeah and it's just like they're a bank like it's just td bank and you, you what's why do companies keep doing this and we see this all over the place like a company will pick a side and then put up something because they don't they they're literally going with um what will get them the most societal acceptance at that moment so if it happens to be that you know pride stuff is in uh in the kind of the walter Lippmann sort of uh public opinion way they're just gonna they're going to put it up. Whatever follows, uh, whatever public opinion sways, the bank will show. And that's one thing that I don't, for some reason, we haven't gotten about companies is that they have one thing that they're trying to do. And if it's, if they're a repair bay, they're going to repair cars. If they are a bank, they're going to do banking stuff. <laughs> they're going to hold money and try and get more customers and hopefully people won't get because the more customers they have, the more they can work with uh, the capital under their 
into their house. Um, if they're 7-Eleven, they want people to come in and buy chips. Like that's it. Um, and everything else is geared towards that. But if the 7-Eleven starts putting pride flags up, it's like, no, selling chips isn't as important as uh, the woke narrative. You know, this is what's important. And how can you believe them when what they're supposed to be doing, okay, business isn't as important as social issues. It's like, no, selling chips for you is the most important. So why are we just believing companies when they do this stuff? Um, I think that's a lapse of critical thinking. To be completely honest, I think it's just our cultural. It's not that we have an inability to analyze these companies and their and their initiatives. It's the fact that we just take them at face value and assume that they're doing what they're telling us they're doing. Just like with our politicians, we just assume that they have the best interests of the people at heart. And all they have to do is walk on with a campaign about I'm for the workers and have no plan whatsoever. And people just say, oh, this guy's for the workers. This guy is not for the workers. But yeah. they all say they're for the workers. They, they, every party in Canada is going to tell you the exact same thing about income disparity and not one of them have a plan to do anything about it. They might say they have a plan, but there's no detail whatsoever. They're just like, we're going to make it better. We're going to fix it. We're going to end that. We're going to stop that. We're going to cure that. They never actually say, here's the process and implementation steps to actually get something done because they don't have to. The social psychology is we're just accepting of whatever we see on TV because for so many years there was news and there was documentaries and they just didn't lead us astray. And then suddenly we found out they did. So Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky, who just did a live uh, speech yesterday, which is phenomenal from the McMaster University, I think. Yeah. But um, that is also our, a... our readiness to accept whatever is given to us, whatever is shown and projected to us. I think that also influences and encourages us to be more deceptive in the way that we project ourselves. You well, know what I mean? We have to be more cynical because everyone's out to... Well, that's a... Well, consider this, like if a bank is going to advertise with a big chair and say like, oh, comfy banking lives here, there should yeah. be some sort of stipulation somewhere. I'm not saying it has to be in law or whatever, but like just mentally, we should be making a note like, well, what about that fraud that they just got convicted of and paid fines for last year? Well, like, it, it should be part of our, 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 our cognitive function when, when, we're, when we're looking at something just to think, hey, what else have they done? You know what I mean? But it's not. We just take what the first thing we see and say, hey, that's believable. Well, like one thing I do, and a lot of this manufacturing consent, that's definitely like Chomsky got that a lot from Walter Littman. I'm just uh, from his uh, book, Public Opinion, this is chapter 15 here. Definitely read that book. Uh, he talks about the First World War as if it was, you know, the Corona virus pandemic like it's the way the media works hasn't changed at all so what you end up getting is people end up distrusting uh like if you if you start thinking critically you end up it's easy to get con, con, uh, cynical and like for one i start to mistrust all ads like i uh, someone puts an ad in front of me and i know that they're trying to one insult me um but at the same time they are assuming i'm one thing telling me that i 
this is what I want, trying to get their, their, their name in their head. And it doesn't matter who it is. Now, if someone advertises to me, I get this negative reaction towards it. And I have this very anti-corporate streak down on me that I've had for quite a while. But I find that a lot of the optics that um, companies portray to me is just unreasonably insulting to a massive degree. Like um, you get, uh, you know, there's, there's videos where they just are, uh, where they think that they're going to uh, fool you or like, look, here's what you need. Here's what you want. Like this, like that. And I'm just like, no, go away. But they or do they'll fool present you as, they'll present you like me, people like uh, that they're doing as oafish or like all the men in all advertisements, regardless of race or dumb and like, oh, look, laugh at yourself. Now buy our products off <laughs> but, the, but like watch football commercials if you yeah. watch football for five seconds there's a commercial every five seconds it's painful to watch football if you hate commercials like i do but yeah. if football commercials are just they're loud they're dumb they're trying to make people laugh and they're over the top and I've, I've got nothing against them on principle but what bothers me about them is they're catering to an audience of uh degenerate or less educated people Rather than saying like you can be something great or do something great with your life or be, you know, without having some type of inspirational theme or something to it, certain types of commercials for certain types of audiences, they, they encourage the, the cyclical digression of people's thought patterns in the way they present their products. Mm-hmm. So another way of putting that is like um, they're when, when they're advertising food to people, they never advertise the nutritional content, but they constantly say things like fresh tasting, fresh looking, last longer. Um, you know what I mean? Like they Stays use fresh, fresh, fresh. They use ambiguous words that mean nothing to trick people or deceive people into thinking something like a bag salad is the same as a lettuce from a head of lettuce. When it's or just like patently uh, not. Well, they use the word organic, which is yeah, a chemistry yeah. term, or they use the word natural, which is like literally everything that happens in nature. Yeah, it's is natural. natural. And Even like synthesized things are nature. They are molecules. Space is different. No, literally the entire universe, as far as we can tell, yeah. is natural. Until you invent a new law of physics, it's natural. Yeah. If something gets metaphysically like materializes right in front of me unnaturally from some like eldritch god, that thing will be unnatural to me and I will probably shy away from and it. Those are the types it. of those are the types of progressions or projections that I really, really hate. That's that's the fake stuff that I, I really want people to stop doing. Because yeah. if I'm selling a product, I don't need to say that mine's the best in the world or whatever. I could just say, hey, I'm available and I have this type of culture at my company and we produce this quality of work. If your product is actually valuable and like what you're doing as a business is productive work, you should be able to just tell people that your business exists and that should generate customers and revenue. You shouldn't have to lie and deceive people and make them dumber in the process of gaining their patronage. Well, it's like that doesn't help anyone. And this doesn't go to say that marketing is unimportant. Like, yes, you should have your product stand on the validity of this product, Mm -hmm. but you need people to actually know your product exists. And there's a lot of people out there. So like you do have to get word out there and like, okay, we're definitely failing at this on this channel, but don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> but we're so, not advertising very hard. So. No, we're not doing very hard, but 
this is kind of the, the, the thing's fun in itself. So um, definitely word of mouth helps. Share, like, and subscribe. Do all that stuff <laughs> nudge, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, but, but with, oh, sorry. with what's happening is you do need to get your word out there. But if you, you know, you get by any means necessary, I guess. But yeah. if you don't do by any means necessary, then you're this. But you see something like Apple where... They have they make enough money that they just straight up lie, lie to you, and like they don't even care. They're like, we we'll make more money by lying than we will settling the lawsuit. And it's just that's some evil. Yeah, BS. Apple's the worst for it. Like they'll show people dancing around with their iPods and stuff, and they made this huge craze about MP3 players, and all they did was prevent people from from like moving their own libraries, from changing the metadata on their own MP3 files. They tell you how many times you can burn a CD. Like yeah. everything about what Apple did was not customer focused. And then when your your thing breaks because they have a, a $3 power converter part or a VRM module or something connecting from the battery to the motherboard, and instead of paying instead of paying $2.30 for it, they want to charge you $400 plus send it away so you're without your computer. And then they try and upsell you a new computer just because a $3 part doesn't work. Like you can check out Lewis Rossman's channel. He's got hundreds of videos about the how Apple's been deceiving its customers and its repair oh, yeah. and stuff like that. That's a whole nother. But yeah, and we talked about this in the EULAs, but I guess what I'm getting at is getting back to the impressions and the projection thing. The impression that Apple customers have is that Apple is a good company for them. Look, and it's just patently false. Me. Right. It's like, hello, fellow children. I'm the cool kid on the block. Get an Apple <clears throat> computer. And like, you see all the students at university who are like not uh haven't gotten to the age of reason yet and they all got their apple because they told that they need an apple notebook in every class yeah as if and i'm just sitting there with make my, them smarter yeah i'm just <laughs> sitting there like yes having access to the internet does make you smarter but but having Linux access works just as well on a four-year-old laptop or an eight-year-old like pen and pencil and paper it's a lecture you need to take notes you don't need to mm. you know if the thing is, is that if you're actually using, again, the medium as a message, if you're actually going to bring a laptop and use a laptop as best it could in a lecture, you'd be recording that lecture. But then you'd be missing the point of that lecture. The point of the lecture is to get what's in the uh, professor's head and put it in your head, or at least on your paper, so that when you remember it, you can be like, okay, so you need to pay it. So you need to do two things. Taking notes is an exercise in encoding stuff into your brain. It isn't, oh, I'm going to have this for later so I can have the answers. No, he's giving you the answers right now in class. That's why you're there. <laughs> the activity of rewording it and putting it on paper is the process that's going to help you remember yeah. it. It's not that you'll go back to the thing and read the note and then remember it. It's the fact that you wrote it down, period. Whether you now, look at it again or not, that helps you remember things. certain subjects... A computer might be more useful like in, in in a coding class absolutely like hold on i've got to write the code down like verbatim with a pencil that's or if stupid. you're learning a new concept you want to tug and tweak and see what the limitations of it are before it throws an error you can just yeah. quickly do it like can i do this can i do this without stopping the class and asking them and then the teacher being i'm not sure i have to go try it yeah you know, like having exactly. a computer in a comp sci lecture is super useful yeah history lecture maybe not so much but the thing when is, it comes to like brands or your clothes or your makeup or your music styles and things like that, like the way people are behaving is as if these projections accurately change their yeah, lives. And this like is my why. Apple computer or my MacBook will help me be a better student. 
No, it won't. Any computer would help you be a better student well, in the exact same I, way. I generally will wear stuff and I'll like intentionally not wear things or buy things with the um the name on on the yeah, t-shirt. I don't, I, wear I don't want any branding because the thing is is that I'm not Nike. It's like, well, I like it, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but you're doing free advertising. Like you have to get, you have to pay to advertise. And so you're just giving it to them for free because Nike or some bullshit or Volcom who literally is just there as a marketing brand. They're literally nothing but a brand. That's it. That's all they do. (laughs) Then what, I guess they provide clothes, but no, that's not the point of their company. And so what you end up doing is that when you're doing this, and this is kind of bringing the two parts of our discussion together, is that when you put a brand on yourself, you are surrendering your own projection into the real world of who you are in favor of symbols made up by another. Now, Okay, we're all using symbols that are made up from another. I'm using a language that's historically made. I'm using clothes that were made up, but like the way I wear them, I'm not literally projecting a symbol out to it. I'm not wearing, it's the same thing that happens when you go to a work and you put on the Canadian Tire shirt. You are now Canadian Tire. You are not you. When you put on the Starbucks apron, you are Starbucks. Your individuality doesn't matter as much as the brand. And when you take that out into the real world, when you wear a hat that says, um, oh, I don't know, Nike, well, then you're associated with Nike, deal with it, or the Bay or the Gap, those values, and you're saying essentially, the values associated with this brand, with this symbol, uh, are, are being branded onto me. It's basically know- a promotion for slave labor and pollution. But they, it, it, they don't even think of that because that's too complicated or it's too hard to think about the bad things. Like it, it is, but like they see the commercial a- and they say, I want to look like the buff dude in the commercial. So I'm going to wear my Nike shirt. And there's nothing wrong with people liking a brand and identifying with it, wearing it. But no, they should be cognizant of the projection. You think of farmers causing. with the brass pro shop like thing, the, the, those brass pro shop uh, hats that some of the. Um, farmers I'll, I'll like to wear and you know what it they sell stuff to farmers and they're going to be wearing that hat so i guess yeah if if it if it does jive with who you are i guess that's okay but i'm i'm very wary of it because well i've got a hat here canada hat okay so why am i okay with this well, if you saw my Canada episode, you say, I, well, I'm part of my identity is being Canadian. So I'm saying, I'm projecting part of myself with, uh, with the hat saying, okay, I am Canadian. Manchester United. No, it's Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. Exactly. I don't know soccer. I'm a <laughs> hockey fan. So, but you're branding yourself and like you go to a hockey game, you wear your team's thing you're part of the group you're you're, mm-hmm. you're you're jiving with everyone in but the thing is you can take it off exactly it off. you get home you take it off and to me where the problem lies is when people are so attached to the image that they can't do things or function normally so it's it's not the fact that they're picking and choosing a brand like i'll pick amd over intel any day just because i know the company that intel is and i know the company that amd is and i'd rather support amd 
Not to mention they have better products now, but even when they didn't, I supported AMD first. But yeah, and it could change. All of a sudden, I, brand, like the, IBM could come out of nowhere and become like the best, most ethical company on the planet. I'd be like, yeah. never saw that coming. <laughs> but but to but, me, the brand just sort of differentiates the process and the, the business culture or whatever, what I want to yeah. support. The brand itself doesn't make me more popular or feel more... Um, well, that's what the do you conceit. call that? Like fulfilled or whatever. Like the yeah. projection itself, I'm not seeking attention by the brands that I'm picking. And some people are. And that's what these commercials are trying to do. They're trying to engineer people's personalities into a brand so that they'll sell more crap. Well, and that to me is destructive. Well, it's like it. buying a car or like when I go to the range, you know, you get people who are inclined to be like, oh, you fire a Glock? Oh, so dumb. I hate Glocks. And it's just everyone like who's normal at the range will be like, yeah, okay, what's wrong with a Glock? Like you can get a SIG or a Walther or a CZ. It doesn't actually say anything about your thing or like what car you drive. Do you drive a Nissan or a Toyota? Like these don't actually say anything. You can take the decals off. And because to me, my Nissan Sentra is a car. And I could to me, that's take a off- luxury car. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I could take off the Nissan decals and put on a Toyota decals and I wouldn't care. Um, cause it, the brand doesn't say anything about myself, but if the brand starts saying something like, you know, Nissan stands with the farmers of, you know, Southern Zimbabwe, I'm making this up, uh, uh Southern Zimbabwe in their fight against the locust hordes of Anglox Rook. And so, you know, we need to show solidarity with them. So uh, buying a Nissan is a fight against the locust lords or something. Now I'm making this up, but we see this every single day, you know, mm-hmm. banking with TD uh, is banking is progressive banking because we believe that gay people have a right to exist. It's like, yeah, uh, we know we, we've known that for a while. Like, no, yeah, there's such a small minority of people who don't agree with gay rights. Like yeah, there's such a tiny the, minority of the population that you're advertising as if that it's some, no, they are loud big revolution. <laughs> but the thing is, is that they're the weirdos. Like, they're the ones outside who don't have like, yeah, personal freedoms are important. That's why we don't persecute gays anymore. Like even to call them the gays sounds weird. They're just people. The who gays. Like, <laughs> the gays. No. <laughs> the whites. Yeah. It's just like, even thinking like that is, doesn't have any make much sense anymore because we're just kind of like. It's people. destructive because it sort of feeds itself. Like that's yeah, so when someone does think like that, so when you virtue signal as a company that hard, like um, I keep thinking of that Pepsi ad where they were like, mm-hmm. you know, this girl, this hot chick brings uh, Pepsi to a protest and Pepsi is a thing that everyone gets around and look, we're pro, you know, Black Lives Matter and we're pro protests and we're pro apparently burning down the city. But what their, their other ad campaign campaigns are like be young for life drink pepsi yeah it's like well, for old people yeah <laughs> be young for life have diabetes for life no don't like and so it's it's a lie and so when you you're allowed to like things but when they those things start to be what not well, what when they pepsi are. starts buying up like people's fresh water supply and then you have entire states that have no access to clean water except through pepsico like mm. that's a social problem where people are getting lead poisoning and their lives are being ruined and their health is like deteriorating rapidly because of pepsi's ownership of freshwater lakes like that type of thing is so destructive and it's like we don't even blink 
when we see a commercial about, hey, stay young forever and drink Pepsi. We don't even consider the fact are... that they're starving people out of water in their home country. Yeah. That's well, that's 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 a oh geez, I'm gonna that's a tragedy, but no, <laughs> but it is it is horrible, but what but it's for the, the purpose like of this conversation. Laundering money for all these drug dealers yeah. or like Wells but, Fargo committing fraud and adding all of these uh, financial instruments to charge all these accounts so that their share prices go up because they're getting subscriber numbers and like right. through fraud. But they're but, advertising as if they're customer friendly and they're offering services when all they're doing is fraud defrauding people. Right. And that's like we can learn like these okay sorry but what for the purpose of this conversation like these things happen and then what happens is if you identify with if you identify instead of you know if you identify yourself externally like this you know it's like oh i i use this product or i use that product or i wear i i love like i wear adidas stuff you know like the russians do or axe uh, body spray axe body spray is <laughs> the best or like i only buy bmw blah 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 it's like Okay, you're identifying yourself with a product. Okay, you know what? I I do prefer certain products over others. I'll I'll grant that. But when you give your identification over externally to these things, you lose choice. Because when, you know, it's like I only drink Evian bottle water and then they, they screw over or I only drink Pepsi and then, you know, Pepsi does something nefarious or you, oh, I only use Macs because Macs are actually better for everything. It's like, okay, well, you're slotting yourself. You're limiting yourself by saying, well, this is me. And that's what you're doing when you put on a when you put on a brand, literally putting on a brand, if you tattoo it in your neck or something, I've seen people do this, like, this is me. But what you're doing when you put on a, like the jersey, um, you want your team to not only be good at the sport, you want them to be, you know, you want the team to be good off the ice too. You want them to represent something good. And so when they don't, you have to, you can either be like, ah, oh, that sucks. Like I, they aren't what I thought they were or um they've become something different but if you stay with them you lose that choice of you know it's not you identifying with something that they seem to represent at that moment it's you just identifying with everything we have this problem with political parties i'm a conservative i'm a liberal i'm an ndp voter well guess what they're going to change their platform three times in this next election so you better be along for the ride or whatever so you better identify yourself with what stuff you like and then vote like that and this is what's the same thing that's happening when you follow, you know, a car company. I like being, I like Volkswagens. Well, guess what Volkswagen just did? Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it doesn't mean that their car isn't good. And now you've lost. Now you're, you're doing damage control for someone that's not you. And like I said, like we were saying before, you don't have to be the one to fix other people's optical failings, other people's uh, failing at the dance. And now when you put yourself, when you put that jersey on of, I don't know, the, your bank or something, something stupid, Coca-Cola, something because you like their ad campaign, you're surrendering your not only your identity, but your choice to these uh, people because they aren't you. And so, yeah. Sort of, my, my favorite example of this too is ever since, uh, I think it was last year when they started doing all these independent journal reports, journalist reports, um, like in depth and fifth estate and whatever mm-hmm. on Amazon and the employees, the treatment of the employees at Amazon. 
So yeah, like the drivers were so overworked and whipped that they started like pissing in bottles in the car because they didn't have time to like actually stop and ring a doorbell and people were complaining about it. But the hilarious thing now is Amazon is pumping out all these commercials that are saying mm-hmm. the exact opposite. They're like, I had no idea I was going to work at Amazon, but I'm here for life now because like Amazon's such a great company to work for. Like, you know, it's flat out bullshit. There's yeah. video and there's testimonies and there's lawsuits and there's congressional like or you hearings. see my favorite is you see like like out of nowhere like you'll see a ad for a company that has no right being advertising on tv it's just like at british petroleum we care about the environment <laughs> it's like why is british petroleum advertising yeah. on a why Simpsons didn't you install a backup slot? valve what did you do <laughs> like like why is british petroleum advertising on the tv what did they do british petroleum oh that's what they did that's why they're advertising they're doing damage control and like you see this constantly but that type think, of thing should offend us like personally well, rather does. than just being like accepting the projection that they're giving us we should be like adverse like adamantly rejecting it outright and then making them well, it's like, like lower any- on our 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 scale you know it's what I mean? like anything the chinese government says like oh coronavirus came from the states actually it's like oh did it tell me more it's like i don't believe anything you guys say you remember they actually... had zero cases this summer yeah <laughs> they were like yeah we eradicated covid in like two months no problem it's, oh, it's done it's like where did you bury the bodies <laughs> and it's it's insulting like to us if like it should be but people believe it that's what's really crippling to me i think a lot of that adds so readily that they'll ignore outright fraud and criminal activity just because of an advertisement that they know is paid. They know that these companies paid to paint themselves in the best possible light and they just don't care. They just assume it's still true because it's on TV. Like that type of critical thinking, I think is important when we're discussing first impressions and optics, because like you said, it goes into politics and government and party affiliations and it goes into sports teams and stuff too, but that's like the healthy version. The sports team, because you can take off your jersey or walk out of the stadium if they're having a terrible game and you can show them your dissatisfaction and they will train harder and they will play harder the next time they come out. I think one of the things about sports jerseys and sports in general that I find very um, actually healthy, it's probably one of the most healthy things. The fickle fandom? Well, you can be a fickle fandom. You can have more than one favorite team. It's like um, last year at the, and this was a, I ain't in trouble for this one, but whatever. I'll jump, throw myself under the bus. Oh, it's been uh, about an hour since you've said something offensive, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> this one's going to be, but like, I remember the Canadians beat the Winnipeg Jets. No, who The Winnipeg Jets are my team. I, I just, they, I lived in Winnipeg forever. Uh, I, I just, that's the one that I cheer for. Um, but then they were beaten by the Canadians and the Canadians went to the Stanley Cup Finals um, against all odds. And I was just like, ah, oh, they beat my team. Well, I guess I'm cheering for the Canadians now. Cause, and I didn't have any loyalty. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't like it had any effect, but one of the things that sports does well is that we're able to practice all those stupid tribal behaviors in a very safe manner because those tribal behaviors lead to, um, massive wars. And so instead of doing that, we stick those guys that would be doing all those massive wars in uniforms and we get them to play relatively peaceful, you know, blood sports. And yes, hockey does need to be violent. I will 
Yeah, I will die that's on that sort hill. of the point of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, give him a stick, but don't hit him with the stick. <laughs> you hit them with your butt. I'm kind of against hitting them with the yeah. sticks, but like hitting them with your butt, like that's part. Well, that's of what I mean. They give them all sticks, but then they say you can't slosh or cross check people. Like you're really, really oh, making yeah. this super passionate uh, aggression game harder to play when you can't hit somebody with the weapon that's in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> you have to bump them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we're gonna learn new piece of equipment. <laughs> yeah. The phone call your mom when they hit you no um but what happens is but the interesting thing about it is like you said going? people will just abandon yeah temporarily they'll abandon now, their loyalties the I'm controversial cool. part is that someone in my family very close to me uh when the jets lost their you know when they, they got kicked out of the playoffs someone was like oh i hate the canadians they're the worst oh i can't stand them like how dare they beat my team it's like geez like i think there's something else going on in your life that makes it so that you like, why are you so loyal that to the detriment of everything else? And I think that sentiment is a part of that problem, that loyalty to something that isn't you. Yeah. And that defensiveness they get from it too. Right. Yeah. When they get defensive of their brand as if it's a personal assault on themselves. Yeah, and I like, oh, Nike sucks. It's like, why would you say that? Slave labor. It's like, well, actually, you know, they do a lot to blah, 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 blah. They actually give those people jobs. It's like, you know, if you didn't build those Mikleadoras, they probably create their own jobs. I don't know. <laughs> That's none of my business, though. <laughs> but, like, so. Um, if you didn't enable them, like, all over the world and all these other areas, like the UN and through, uh, what do you yeah. call it? The um, so I can Olympic say, committees, like, all I that stuff. I can say why I don't like these brands. And somebody else might like, I, if someone comes up to me and says like, oh, I really like Nike, and you'd be like, well, why? They, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, they just fit me better. And I'll be like, that's actually a good answer. <laughs> but here's the thing. If I'm wearing a Nike shirt and you're railing on Nike, that shouldn't be personally offensive to me. No. And that's what people do. They get personally offended. If I, if I start saying like Gucci and Prada are stupid things to buy and somebody's wearing or carrying Gucci or Prada handbag, they'll be like, and immediately they'll get defensive, right? But it's yeah. just an accessory. Like your car is just a car. You know, oh, Nissans are garbage. You're like, actually, I love Nissans. And who cares? Like it shouldn't personally offend people, but it's because they get so attached to these brands. And the only reason they get so attached to these brands is the commercials and the advertising. And they're using psychologists well, to I think, create advertisements to in, inject this type of defensiveness in people on purpose. I think on some level, though, it's because um, we want... Because on some level, though, it's not an unhealthy thing. It's going to sound weird. But we want the external to reflect the internal to some extent. Like, does this hat reflect, like, do I like the way I look in this hat? Yeah. Do I like the way I look in this hat? Does this represent, does this show the optic I want? And then you say, well, I like, you know, does this car represent the kind of car I'd have? And like, personally, I'd say, you know, if I had to be asked, like, do car, like, is there a car out there right now that would reflect the way I want, like, I, like, what I want it to do, but also reflect kind of the persona, you know, reflect what I, okay, this is what I'm like inside. What kind of aesthetic would reflect that? And it's not the brand itself. It's like, you know, aesthetic. I kind of like Jeeps, but I also don't like all these bulgy cars the way they are now. I like the more utilitarian looking stuff. And I think that would reflect 
kind of what's the inside. But like, so you want a Jeep? It's like, yeah, but I wouldn't be sold on a Jeep. And so the the brand loyalty kind of comes almost naturally when out of that you want, you know, uh, like I've got wooden shelves. I, I could have laminate shelves, but I like the wood texture because I think it just jives with the way I want my stuff to look. So I buy brown slacks because I think you want the, all this is examples of just me trying to match my things that I have power over externally to the way I perceive myself in essence internally. So I'm trying to bring the internal out. Now there, we've been talking ad nauseum of, you know, people ascribing their internal stuff and just letting stuff, you know, be plopped in by brands. But then what you were to mention there was that we're letting those brands actually tell us what we should be inside and tell us what we should feel and how we should see ourselves because they want to evoke a certain mentality. And this, they're playing on, I think, a very real um, necessity. You want the external to reflect the internal. You want your house to be beautiful. You want your car that you're driving not to be rusty. Well, why? Because I don't feel rusty on the inside. <laughs> and so, you know, or maybe you want a beater because ah, I just like that, like, you know, that, that don't rough, have to worry about it. Mad Max it. aesthetic. <laughs> like, I can respect that. If you just like, it comes up with like a, <laughs> and it just looks like something out of Mad Max. I'm like, dude, that's actually cool. <laughs> My buddy Fingers had a safety mobile, the car that couldn't be oh. safety. <laughs> safety uh, I knew a guy who would, uh, he was proud of his car that he had to start with a screwdriver. <laughs> just, yeah, we rigged this up. It's great. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. But I mean, I guess it says something about our age, but that used to be super common back in the 90s too. Everybody had a beater car. Yeah, cars are... Because cars used to last so long that you just kept them, even when you bought a new one. Well, and they were they were like they were a little less ubiquitous too. So you just you you can't afford a car every year. Like we did become a bit richer uh, after the fifties and sixties. No, we just got financing for cars now. That the only too. thing that's different is the access to credit for vehicles. Yeah. Um, like cars, like maintain, like asset. building cars is definitely like it is cheaper to build a car now than it was in the fifties and sixties because we use a lot less steel for one, and can steel is very expensive to work with, and they are actually safer, um, but the uh, leaps and bounds safer. Yeah, but that's not the topic of conversation. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> what in, in getting back, I think what's what's actually harmful and detrimental to us isn't necessarily the brand recognition or that people ascribe certain brands to um to to speak about to communicate from their inside out what what i think is harmful though is the psychology of branding the way that mm -hmm. brands get so ingrained in us that we get personally offended when the brand is uh, denigrated and that to me is harmful because the brand isn't a real thing. It's not a living being. It doesn't have morals or aspirations or goals or dreams. So if people want to project themselves as being good people, I want to stress that all they have to do is actually be good people. Stop trying to look like a, a woke person and stop trying to look like an intellectual and stop trying to look like you're, um, you're socially conscious and you're buying expensive stuff so that you can, you know, feed the Polynesians and, you know what I mean? Like whatever <laughs> stupid green idea they try and throw with a product, 
cast it aside and be like, have these be people been fined for anything like corruption lately or, you know, slave labor? Have there been suicide nets put up in the, in their factories? Like, well, not even things that, like, like that should actually matter like, as much as the brand advertisement does. But like, it's not even what the company does in their spare time if they're nefarious. Because like, yeah, we have, like we can quote scandals ad nauseum. But like, what about products that you just don't need? Like, like stuff dollar that, store products. Yeah, like oh, you know, I I, I just need this, or I you, you the psychology is telling you that you need to have something new, or you need to have something like don't use it until it's dead. Just get a new one and it'll be more effective. It's like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm not like, I'm so critical and cynical about advertisements that like, if you try and advertise something to me, I'll just be like, no, I'll be anti what's ever in my face for a couple minutes. Um, the YouTube ads, I'm sorry, you work, you have the opposite. You're not of, effective at all. <laughs> YouTube ads are so useless. Like I will think that oh, I need to go to Canadian Tire and get some stuff to do an oil change in my car. And then I'll, I'll be watching a video and I'll be like, come to Canadian Tire. I'll be like, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I've literally done that. No, um, me too. I need to actually go to Canadian Tire. <laughs> um, I really do. But uh, this it's, is not a paid promotion. No, this is not a paid promotion. Um, but the like we're it being affects people. told we need an extra, we need to be wearing clothes like this. Why can't you decide what kind of clothes you need to wear? Like you get everyone said like oh i want to wear this clothes i want to have like this thing and it looks like this but then you ask people what they actually want to wear it's like you know you see those memes where it's like what women think men want to wear and what men really want to wear it's just like a suit of armor like <laughs> an old suit and just like dapper as heck it's like men don't actually men and women want to wear comfortable clothes comfortable usually. but also they want to be stylish they want to look good because they look good not because oh wow that's the new something something dress no like you see a girl that's wearing... the other problem wearing clothes that make you look thinner right like i've seen so many chicks in the last like 20 years wearing spandex to accentuate their skinny legs and their barrel bodies like i i don't get it like if you want to look more attractive and you have an idea of what's attractive just change your body shape like exercise yeah, and to eat properly extent. and like be healthy. It takes discipline though. But yeah, you I can know. just do it easy with the I would rather crack. somebody be honest in their sloth. <laughs> to be fair, corsets, the history of corsets is definitely maligned. Most people wore them because they were really good for your back. Um, and uh, they're actually making a bit of a comeback because one, they do slim you down and hold everything together, which does make you look good. And Yeah, I prefer but, that. I'd no. rather a bigger girl who's just on this. No, no, no. Like there is that point where you're lying, but like it pulls everything together. Plus, if you're standing all day, it'll save you a lot of pain and problems later on. That's, but it'll give you organ problems anyways. Like, no, it's, like you know, well, the thing is, is that the women who were the women who were doing that were making the choice to just wrench it in. And like that was their choice because they wanted to be seen like that. It's not like the men were forcing them to do that. It's like no. Like they were doing it to eschew an aesthetic and do the dance that was happening at their time. And like men do stupid shit too all the time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we comb overs, baby. <laughs> Look yeah. how many guys have comb overs. Just shave. I'm sorry. I, I'm I feel like, like I'm I, sorry. If you're bald, I you're just bald. Like just I'm not allowed to happens. talk here because I have the thickest hair on the planet. But um 
just shave it. I'm sorry. I don't have that problem. Or just I show can't. it. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if I don't know why people have to be so um, uptight about their bodies. If your body's imperfect, everybody is imperfect. Like it's okay to go outside and be seen with an imperfect body. It's yeah. not the end of the world to, uh, to have a role. But if you go out and complain, oh man, I'm fat. Well, it's like, I have no sympathy. I have like yeah, none. absolutely none. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something you could deal with. Well, actually, I I eat like 300 calories a day and it just, everything stays in me. It's like, oh, that sounds like a doctor problem then. Yeah, I have a again, bit of sympathy. <laughs> again, if we're talking about medical conditions, then that's sort of apropos. But if somebody's just bringing it up out of nowhere or they're subscribing to a brand or something because it's slimming, like... That to me shows an absence of maturity of thought. Mm-hmm. To wear something because it makes you look what you're not, to me, is just like, oh, so you're aware that you're lying to the world and you're okay with that. That's the projection you're giving me, is that you think that you're clever enough to hide um, to hide a birthmark with cover-up. Like, ooh, so clever, you put paint on a, on a dark spot. Yeah, but at the same time, though, like wearing clothes, like to some extent, all everything we do is to, um, to some extent, do that. Like, am like if I shave, if I'm growing my my beard out, when I could shave, which one is the real one? If I decide to wear those are both real. Yeah, but if I like, okay, if I decide to wear a couple extra layers to you know pad out my physique a bit um is that lying well okay like what if you stuffed a sock in your pants to make your dick look like a bulge yeah okay that's that's a line there's a there so there is no different from padding your bra to make your boobs look bigger but if you okay it's circumstantial yeah okay i've have met girls like that they're like no this this is not a thing i wear a thick bra for a reason Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm not saying those people. I'm saying specifically the people who are trying to make their bodies look different by... I, I, I'm not against the style, and I'm not against the the brand or anything, but to wear yoga pants just because they make your ass look less saggy, to me, is an admission of dishonesty. Right. If you really don't want your ass to be saggy, exercise. And if you don't want to exercise, then just be honest about your non-exercising. Now... like. Nobody defense, has to have a perfect ass. It's in not defense a big of deal. yoga pants, I am told that they are extremely comfortable. I'm told that they are like the maximum comfort. Uh, but the reason can... they're popular is the feeling that they get from having a nicer looking ass than they otherwise would have. And that's not just me. That's actually like the statistical I'm, research. I think I'm going to have to land down on the side of that's okay circumstantially. Because, All things are okay circumstantially. Yes, but no, I'm All saying things. like if a girl like doesn't actually care, but says, "Man, when I wear these, it makes my ass look great." That's nothing wrong with that to me. Right. But when but she's to subscribe self- to a brand because that brand makes okay, yeah. your bum look better, or to get a bra that specifically pushes up your your boobs to make your cleavage look hmm. bigger. Well, on the one hand, like I'm torn. On the one hand, I don't care what you want to do to your body and project yourself. That's fine. But if you're subscribing to something specifically to be dishonest about like material reality, your physical body, mm-hmm. to me, that that's what it's saying about you. So you're trying to project, I have nice boobs, I have a nice ass. But what you're actually projecting in my, in, in my interpretation is I'm shallow. Mm-hmm. So, but you, now this comes back to the first point really well, is that of vanity. 
And mm-hmm. so I still think vanity is a worthwhile pursuit, but it's a dangerous one because I do that. I will buy pants that make my butt look good just straight up because but if you, know, you have, I have a choice a wife. between one that does and one that doesn't, obviously you're going to pick the one that looks better. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not going to get a padded butt like <laughs> pants or padded things or this or that. I but to suggest that no other uh, pants could do that because you're you're so ingrained in that brand, that's the yeah. issue. Yeah. But so I'm saying because emotional attachment you, to a product mm-hmm. for something that is immaterial and not real, that is harmful to people. Yeah. Well or now for me a lot of the that comes from like you get a lot of that with like trinkets too. You get little like knickknacks that people think they need or a useless product that doesn't actually add anything to their life. Everyone's got these. There's so many of these in society that you can't not get one. Someone will just give you one as a matter of course. Think of a couple of Christmas mugs. Yeah. (laughs) How many mugs do people need? I I have way too many mugs, like way too many. And like, I need like one mug, two because I live with someone else. (laughs) I need about six because I do dishes once every three or four days. Or you lose one. But, but that's like coffee you don't and need tea 12 and everything. And like, yeah, I don't need all this and all that. And it's like it, when they tell you that this is what success is, and it's just that's I think actually that's probably the sentence that I was looking for is that you as an individual have to decide what success is and what that success looks like based, yes, on other people. Yes, based on what's expected of you in society based, yes, on historical and based on biology and all that stuff. But you get to decide ultimately what success looks like for you. And I think what I'm trying to get down to at the base of it is you have to be able to make that decision. And if you're not, well, then you're essentially rolling the dice saying, well, I hope that this gets me thing. But if you actually make the choice yourself, you can work towards whatever success you decide to choose. And whatever that looks like optically, uh, you know, is important because, you know, you will be doing a dance and the dance that gets you there will be the successful dance. So when you choose to be a bit vain, well, you're actually not choosing to, you know, be self-centered, like self-centered. We all say like, well, be, don't be self-centered, be selfless, blah, 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 blah. And what they're saying is give me stuff from you. It's like, no, go away. Like, like I'll give stuff as a gift in appreciation, but I'm not going to give something as like, because oh, I need it right now. You need to give to me because don't be self-centered. No, I'm going to be vain to a point because this is what I'm working towards. And I want to look clean. I want to be clean because it's healthy. Uh, I want to, I like the way I look a certain way. I feel comfort because I've chosen that, you know, I like looking like this vanity. How dare you be self-centered? It's like, cause it's myself and I have to center on it in order to get it right. And that's it. And if I want to interact and actually do have an effect on other people, then I have to be self-centered to some extent. I have to care about what I look like. I have to care about what other people think of me. I think that's sort of building a straw man though, because nobody's ever saying don't be vain or self-centered when it comes to personal hygiene. The Mm. only times people ever bring those up and it's like, I'm in a crisis. I need your help right now. And you're like, no, I have to shave first. Like I'm dying. My leg's bleeding out. No, I have to shave first. But like- 
that's self sanity. What I'm saying is like if I like I'm not saying I'm saying as a whole, not in like certain circum. Like if I like someone's leg is broken, I'm not gonna care about like oh like what exactly. about my so shirt? Nobody's what my calling fancy you shirt? vain or self centered though is what I'm saying. But to be whenever I can be properly groomed, um, you know, you get some people being like, oh, look at you being all fancy. It's like, yeah, look at me being all fancy. (laughs) That's a health thing. That's like, even for mental health, you want to be presentable and take care of yourself because showing self-care is a way of showing appreciation to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it's a self-esteem, it's a body thing. Yeah, exactly. Not just a physical health thing, it's a mental health thing. Yeah. And well, I, I just, I mentioned like, physical grooming as an example but no yeah. it definitely is a mental thing because it's and this goes into exactly what i was saying because it's all one construct what you want and this is i don't even know who said this i can't remember it's probably like 60 people over the course of human history you have to align yourself with you know totally um maybe it's watts i can't remember campbell who knows essentially integrate everything into itself you are one giant unit and every piece of yourself needs to be integrated the way you visualize yourself optically and to others does matter because it's all connected to your action to your visual appearance to like what you're doing and it's not like you don't have to like subtly like a psychopath tailor everything to get the best maximum thing out of every situation like a fallout game or some you know psychopath at a bar trying to get laid it's literally like this is me and what's me is indicative of who i am on the inside as well as on the outside they are in unison and so this is one unity that is me and it's not to contrast that though in giving in keeping with the example of saying like your my legs cut off and and i'm bleeding out i need your help right now no i can't i need to put makeup on first right well what people are doing what i'm suggesting people are doing is they're ignoring the harms caused by pepsi owning the fresh water in michigan and they're still buying that brand so their mm -hmm. vanity has taken priority to literal human suffering or Nikes yeah. with their sweatshops, yeah. or Apple with uh, Foxconn, and, well, their, and they, their iPhone makers where people were jumping out of the factories trying to kill themselves. Well, yeah, and I'm not arguing that. I'm actually like, so that, what that's I'm saying, mind. So what I'm saying I know, is I know you're not arguing it. I'm, yeah. I'm elaborating on what you're yeah. saying. Because you're talking about a one extreme that everybody agrees with. Well, I'm not even everybody talking about, not like, I'm not talking about just, like, personal vanity like this. I'm talking about, like, everything. Like, what you choose to drive, what you, what you think. I'm not saying, yeah. like, in one circumstance, I'm saying in all circumstances, this is what it's like. And what I'm like, saying, the vanity is not the type of person that I am priorities. would be the person that says, I've got a nice shirt on. But if someone's under a car, that shirt, you know, I don't care if it gets ripped because the type of guy, like, I don't care about optics when somebody's under a car. Like, oh, my shirt got ripped. It's like, yeah, but you're alive. I'm the type of guy who does the dance differently at different times. And if that, you know, if it's an emergency, I guess I'm going into this burning building in a suit. Oh, well. And I don't like, and if you aren't jiving, you know, in and out, you'll be like, like you say, you'll be more inclined to not jump into that burning building, you know, in the suit. Well, my suit, you could try and take some of that suit off as you're running in because she's like, my wife gave me this and I go, (laughs) Mm. but 
you know, well, I think what's important is recognizing when we're doing this before we end up in that situation. Yeah. So before we realize, oh my God, why am I so worried about my shoes getting wet when yes. I have to save this person from drowning? That's not the time to be self-aware. You should be self-aware before that, realizing that, hey, I'm going out and buying these nice shoes and I like these shoes and yeah. I'm wearing them because they're my favorite shoes. And then, oh my God, someone's there. Throw them out without thinking. Like you want to not have that dilemma come up at yeah. the worst possible time. And the way to do that is to think ahead of time with our purchases. So as you're saying, um, like some, I've heard some people say like, I'll, I'll never drive that brand of car or yeah. whatever. And, oh, and to me, I'm like, death trap. <laughs> <laughs> coming from when we grew up, we were grateful to have any car. Yeah, Just I to have that, transportation and not take a bus in the winter. That was a fire. That thing was a tank. It didn't have heat <laughs> in the winter. Yeah. And the windows worked like you get to roll them up and down and yeah like, don't open the windows they'll break why because you know you'll break the thing that ties the window they're frozen you got to wait till the car heats up in 20 minutes <laughs> but i think people Such are in that crisis mode right now where they're they will buy a prada bag despite the harm it's causing because of the image that it projects and that they value the image they're projecting with their the prada bag more than they value the lives that prada bag is destroying yeah, I don't know Prada. I, I shouldn't say Prada because I don't know anything about. You can just Prada. assume like something like uh like there's a there's but a clothing Nike. store that my mom makes not my mom my 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 wife makes fun of. Uh, Ooh, this H and <laughs> not think about that. Um, sometimes it's just a slip, but um, <laughs> sorry, I had to point that out. My wife makes every time I walk in the mall and there's like H and M. And she goes, that's suspiciously cheap. And it's just like, she calls it like the slave labor store because you know, everything you get like a dress for like 15 bucks. And it's like, why is a dress 15 bucks? What did they have to overstock from another season? Yeah. So it's trends that are making, they're always in that store. They're always that cheap. And it's like, yeah, this helps our lower classes buy you know, more clothes and have more, you know, options. Reduces garbage to it. Having people buy clothes that rich people don't want. But no, no, this is new clothes. Like it's not overstock. It's brand new clothes made by slave Overstock labor. is brand new clothes. It's when yeah. you buy- no, those are like inventory. outlet shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about an outlet store. I'm talking about like their front, like their normal front are advertising all this cheap stuff. Now, when it's that cheap, you can probably assume that it's made by slaves in some like terrible country. Now, one thing you can do, I guess, is care about where it's made uh, like don't buy stuff made in china period it's hard but you know anything's better than that at the moment but at the same time you can like it says made in canada you're probably going to pay made in canada or america you're probably going to pay more but you can be assured that the people were paid that were made it so that's not something. in the states though they get a lot of prison labor which is tantamount well, to slave labor yeah but they don't have that much prison labor they don't have enough prison labor that you'll see their stuff oh yeah they have an industrial enough. complex in the states they pay like what two dollars an hour or something to their inmates yeah i know they do that but citation needed big box stores are selling their stuff it's the same with getting stuff from europe like made in the united kingdom or made in uh like germany or france yeah you know it's all italy. coming from czech or ukraine yeah <laughs> no it's coming from england no, but like at the same time, you like, I'll like when I'm buying a firearm, it's like I'm not going to buy something from Turkey. I'm probably going to buy the more expensive one from Israel. Uh, Italy. 
I might actually, <laughs> but uh, Great weapons. Not going to deny that. Yeah, tavers are expensive though, but I want one. So donate to my Patreon. I would. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that, that was sort of my final comment: is just trying to extrapolate what we were getting at with the the cartoonish examples and actually extending that into how we're actually applying our buying decisions and yeah. valuing our personal projection over human life. And it's not like some kind of hyperbole I'm throwing out there. Like Pepsi is the example. Nike is no, the example. Great example. Apple is the example. Like there's tons of them. It's not Starbucks, just these like, oh, we care about the environment. Then it's just like, do you know how many paper cups we don't recycle every day? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's insane. And the mountains of clothes and garbage dumps. Yeah. Like because oh. of cheap clothes from China, people just throw things away rather than like, like those <laughs> jerks. If you're one of these people, I, uh, unsubscribe because i'm gonna say some bad stuff about you those people who like i wear a different set of clothes every day it's just like smack <laughs> yeah, way to problem. pollute the planet worse than anybody else like on. those optics what are you trying to say to me like are you trying to say like look i'm rich like me because i'm rich <clears throat> like and i'm just trying to be me i want people to look at me and this is kind of where i'm coming down this is my i guess final point is that when i want people when i think about what i want people to see of me i just want people to see me i want them to look at me and be like that's jordan i don't want people to say that's a rich guy that's this kind of guy i just want them to be like that's jordan he acts like jordan he looks like jordan that's all i want and if they don't know me i kind of want to get a first impression that's at least in line with what i know i am based on my own self-reflection and if it's dishonest, I can tweak myself with, you know, uh, by by seeing, oh man, people think I'm a cringy little guy. Uh, there must be something I'm doing wrong. Reevaluate and be like, oh yeah, that was really cringy. I can't believe I did that. Uh, and then become more adept, not be change myself for other people. No, what I'm doing is I'm becoming more adept at being myself with regard to other people. And so. The biggest thing with that is honesty. You got to be hard on yourself, but not too hard. <laughs> have <laughs> fun with it. Yeah, have fun with it. Go with the flow, but like try and make your own flow. It's just like dancing in public. You know, you can use some of the moves that you learn from other people, but you can also make up a few of your own moves. And if one of the 10, one of one out of 10 of your dance moves works, <clears throat> cool. But generally people will just be happy you're dancing. Exactly. So. I think that's, that's a where I'm going to let it sit. <laughs> and so thank you guys for watching. Yeah, uh, you've been listening to Frivolous Gravitas. We'll myself, Christopher Driver, and my, my buddy. You're my buddy. <laughs> Sorry, my I buddy. thought you were going to chime in. I'm Jordan Roy. No, I like that. <laughs> my, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Have a good one.